Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Halloween in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Earlier this month, October, uh, we saw Venom uh, just completely demolish the opening weekend record uh, at the box office, and Halloween has come incredibly close to breaking it a second time within the span of the same month. Uh, Currently, it's looking like it's going to fall a couple million dollars short, but suffice to say, uh, October this year has had some big movies. Some really big movies. Halloween, A Star is Born, uh, and Venom are, are just monstrous uh, relative to the normal amount of money that this movie can, or that this month is able to uh, shell out. And so, <sighs> here's the thing though <laughs> did my review episode on Venom, did one on A Star is Born. Uh, you know, Venom, not a good movie, but enjoyed it enough. A Star is Born, very good movie, and enjoyed it quite a bit. Halloween is an interesting, interesting thing. So, uh, horror movies, I've said this in the past many times, generally not my favorite genre. Uh, I, I don't... I, I don't... I don't. Re- there's not a lot of horror movies I've ever felt uh, excited to go see. Uh, you know, even, even the ones that I ended up liking, they weren't... Prior to seeing them, I wasn't really excited to go. I wasn't looking forward to them. Uh, And, you know, it's nothing disparaging about the genre itself. It's not that I feel like it's a weaker genre or anything like that. You know, there's just as much skill and and, and effort and, um, you know, required for a horror movie as there is a drama or comedy or romance. So, you know, there's there's plenty plenty to find and to appreciate in a horror movie. You know, they rely quite heavily on score and atmosphere and editing to to really punch home that feeling of dread. Um, whether that's you know fast cutting to to kind of lose the viewer in a, a sense of uh, stability, or if it's slow cutting to build up tension. You know, more like Hitchcock, uh, who more of a thriller, uh, suspense, mystery director than horror, but, you know, it's some of the same similar principles. In preparation for David Gordon Green's Halloween, uh, I watched all of them. I had seen the first one uh, long, oh, many, many years ago. I really enjoyed the first one. I thought the first one's quite good. Uh, John Carpenter uh, with, with Jamie Lee Curtis. Very, very good movie. Uh, a strong horror movie from from before my time. And I watched all the sequels, uh, you know, from, I guess, let me just list the names of them uh, for, for clarity's sake. Uh, you've got Halloween 2, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, uh, Halloween 5, Halloween The Curse of Michael Myers, Halloween Resurrection, uh, Halloween 
um, uh, H2O. Uh, then you have Rob Zombie's remake, Halloween, uh, in the 2000, mid-2000s. Uh, you've got Halloween 2, the sequel to Rob Zombie's film. Now, finally, we have Halloween, another one. This is the third film uh, in the Halloween brand titled Halloween. And, um, yeah. So, I'd watched all the old movies. None of them. N none of them came got, got above a, a 50 score for me. Uh, they were all negatively rated. Uh, not that they were all awful. Uh, some were better than others, you know. Uh, obviously, as the years went by, the effects got a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. Uh, see, uh, Season of the Witch was was very odd. Uh, I, I was not... I wasn't super behind the idea to like just completely go in a different direction. Um, from what makes a movie a Halloween movie, you know, they branched off into a new format for Halloween 3, and that didn't work for me. Uh, and then after Halloween 3, and we got all the, you know, 4, 5, 6, and 7, things got really weird, you know, they each movie had its own... Uh, chronology attached to it, whether it included the first movie, the second movie, the third movie, the fourth, you know, it, it, all, each one kind of had its own agenda. And I think when you're making a movie like Halloween that's kind of just a slasher that isn't, you're not really watching it for the story, you're watching it for the excitement, for the thrills, for the emotions. I guess you can kind of get away with that, you know, if, if someone, if the, if the MCU, you know, would just completely ignore some movies uh, as it wanted to, and retcon other ones at will, you know, that, I don't think it would be nearly as successful as it has been. Uh, if, if they came out with, you know, Avengers 4 next year, and they said, well, you know, we had a problem writing parts of it, so uh, just completely ignore all the Captain America movies. None of them are relevant to this Avengers movie. Uh, there, would, there, there would be an outcry, you know? That would totally not fly. But Halloween did it, every single new movie, and it's done it again with this movie. And, you know, honestly, I, I can't really even keep up with what matters to what movie at this point. But suffice to say, um, Jamie Lee Curtis is in this new Halloween movie, uh, reprising her role from the original as Laurie Strode. Uh, you have her daughter, played by Judy Greer, Karen Strode. Uh, and then you have Judy Greer's daughter, Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter, Allison Strode. So, and you have Michael Myers, um, uh, played by... Nick Castle, and effectively what's going on is, looking back at the original movie, Michael Myers uh, went on a killing spree four, four decades ago, uh, was unable to kill Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, as we saw in the original movie, and circumstances have led uh, to him having the opportunity to rectify this uh, 
this glaring hole in his resume, as it were. So, again, you know, it is a horror slasher, and that is generally the premise. There are very small tidbits of, of, of plot uh, given to us from the characters throughout the film, you know, uh, how Jamie Lee Curtis was a terrible mother, and, um, you know, how she's crazy, she lives in seclusion. Um, uh, you know, Dr. Loomis is not in this movie, but he is referenced, name-dropped, uh, I think a couple times. And we have a new doctor, uh, played by Halleck Bilgener, Bilgener, who basically takes over that role for him. Uh, you have... Um, the granddaughter character, Alison Strode, who has issues and, and conflicts and drama and, you know, high school stuff with her friends and that situation. Uh, you know, so there's there's tidbits of, of, of a story outside of the Michael Myers thing, but that's that's pretty much what the movie is. It's it's him, loose again, Halloween night. You've got Laurie Strode, uh, you know, who who feels destined and um, destined to kill him and and end this menace once and for all. You have her, the rest of her family, who's kind of just like, "You're crazy, Grandma," and um, we don't we don't we don't want to do <laughs> we don't want anything to do with you uh, until they have to. You have Will Patton, uh, who plays um, a sheriff, uh, uh, Sheriff Hawkins, um, and he uh, at one point makes a reference that he was he was there the night that the the night four decades ago, and now he's on the on the trail of Michael Myers as well. Uh, he's following after her him, and. That's pretty much it, right? So that's that's about it. That's all there really is to the story. So as far as I'm, you know, I think even some of the best horror movies, uh, I, I don't know, they don't have the best stories. And that's not to say that the writing's not good. Uh, the writing can certainly be good if the story isn't. But I, I just, if you, if you're watching a horror movie... You need at least to care about the peril of the characters on screen. Because if you're not worried about them, if you're you're not connected to any of them, then you don't you don't give a shit if they die. And if dying is a legitimate consequence for what's going on, uh, whether it be by stabbing or something else, uh, and you're not worried or or concerned for the characters that are in this situation, then you're not going to enjoy the movie, and it's not going. To, you're not going to be feel anything for it. Uh, you know, looking at a movie like Hellfest from a couple of weeks ago when I went and saw it, I didn't give. <laughs> I didn't care at all about any of the people in that movie, and for that reason, you know, I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't a good movie. It it lacked real tension and drama that you know, a better horror movie would have. And so for this, you know, 
you have the established connection to Jamie Lee Curtis. We we remember her from the original movie and the couple of other times she's been in the franchise, which I believe do not affect this version. So there's an established connection. We we go into this movie. If you've seen the trailers, if you know the hype, if you've heard the news, uh, she is uh, in it and she is um, um, on a mission, right? She There's a quote, I think, from her in the trailer where she says that she's been praying for 40 years that that Michael would get out and so she should so she could kill him which is really really messed up right uh, you know great that she wants to put an end to this guy who is who is terrifying and evil fine uh, i guess that's noble on on its at its core but for that to only be able to come about by him escaping custody in his you know mental facility however it is um, which is almost certainly going to result in him killing some number of people, because it has to. Is a little is a little absurd, and so by that logic, uh, you could even go so far as to say Laurie Strode is kind of crazy, and she's she's presented as crazy in the movie. She's presented as a little. Uh, at least by her family, you know, she is not all put together. Uh, she is clearly a little bit out, of, out there. And not, thankfully, you know, the they, the writing and, and Curtis's performance keep her reined in enough that we know she's not, we know as the viewer that she's not, you know, insane. Just, uh, just a little eccentric, just a... Uh, just a little overly concerned, overly worried, overly uh, protective and uh, steadfast in, in her opinions and thoughts. So, at the end of the day, this uh, Halloween does a much better job than most uh, horror films have of giving you characters to connect to, giving you characters to care about, and to be concerned for their safety. Uh, particularly Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, and Andy Matichak, uh, Matichak, Matichak, uh, who play the, um, who play Laurie, uh, Karen, and Allison Strode, respectively. So, beyond that, there, but there, there are tons of other characters in the movie uh, who don't get the same respectful treatment. Uh, Will Patton, um, Miles Robbins and Toby Huss, uh, who play the characters of Dave and Ray. Uh, Dave being uh, a boyfriend character in the movie. Ray uh, being uh, Judy Greer's husband. Uh, you've got uh, Virginia Gardner as Vicky. Jefferson Hall as Martin. Um, there's, there's a lot of characters... Uh, introduced throughout the film that, you know, meet their end, uh, most of them, not all of them, but most of them, and you just, you don't care, you know, it's mostly just a showcase for, uh, hopefully, you know, a jump scare, uh, or at worst, you know, some, some pretty, pretty, pretty much, uh, pretty, some pretty, 
disgusting gore. That's those are kind of what every other character is is used for, and I think that that is just from personally. I, I think that's sloppy. I think that points you down a points you toward in a direction where you end up with this movie that doesn't exactly do anything. It doesn't say anything. It's not putting you know not that not, not that it has to be a, a manifesto of any kind but it it should have purpose there should be a reason and if the reason is just jump scare or if the reason is just blood then that's not a good reason uh you know maybe maybe that's a good reason once or twice in your movie not a good reason for about 75% of your movie and you know, we see Michael Myers kill and kill and kill and kill and kill and kill and kill, and kill all throughout the film. Uh, we see him survive things that, you know, I think I read a quote somewhere that, you know, the the writers on, on this variation really wanted to revert Michael Myers back to not really being superhuman and being more, you know, just this just this evil guy, and man, he sure looks superhuman in this to me, uh, he survived some pretty ridiculous crap, and uh, I suppose that, you know, you have to leave the door open for future films, given, you know, the success that this one has had, uh, but, you know, if there is a future film, uh, that's, I don't know how they're gonna explain it without him being, a superhero or, or a supervillain or something like that. Uh, you know, he'd have to be Luke Cage, and and it, it just it, it's count, counter to what what supposedly the intention was, and that also can pull you out. Uh, you know, there's no reason to think, based on the story, based on the movie, until it happens that Michael Myers should be able to survive, you know, some of these things that happened to him. Or, and maybe not even survive, you know, maybe maybe he would survive, but, but you know, not only to survive, but to survive and be fully functioning, uh, to not seem to be injured in any way whatsoever, is really, really, uh, you know, it it's, seems really cheap and, and, uh, unnecessary. On the other hand, so plenty, plenty of negatives, plenty of things I didn't really appreciate or, or enjoy about the film. However, it's not an awful movie. Uh, it is by far better than every single movie in this franchise that has come out after the original, in my opinion. Um, second only to the original itself. And uh, the reason is that when that, and I think a lot of this kind of goes to David Gordon Green, who is the director. If you recognize that name, he directed Pineapple Express, Stronger from last year, Joe, um, Prince Avalanche, uh, and, and many others. I, I've seen about, this is the eighth movie of his that I've seen. And... He's a very competent director. He is very good uh, at, at, you know, he's he's a little bit, 
he's not an auteur, he, he's, but he's not, you know, kind of just this, you know, gun for hire. He is certainly able to uh, inject a movie with his own um, elements, and he has pulled some pretty crazy rabbits out of his hat in some of these other movies. So he is capable, he is able to, you know, it's, it's interesting. A lot of those scenes and a lot of these moments with Michael Myers and, and, you know, the killings that he does throughout the film easily could just be jump scare after jump scare after jump scare after jump scare. And there are moments where it does feel that way, where we do get, you know, jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. But I think what I really appreciated was David Gordon Green is able to present these moments in a way where we, the audience, know it's coming. And I think he really takes a page out of out of Hitchcock's book a little bit in that regard of, you know, if we know that it's coming, it builds up the tension inherently. Whereas if we don't have any idea it's coming and it just appears, then, you know, we're shocked for a few seconds as opposed to being slowly filled with dread for a few minutes and that is so effective that you know it's it's tried and true and it's it's so true so effective uh you know we get these circumstances where characters we we see their impending doom coming we can feel that it's coming we know that michael myers is in the house or in the yard or in the car or you know in the thing and and that it's inevitable. We just don't know when. And every every you know ten seconds or more, you know that it ratchets up that tension. And David Green does a lo- does a really good job in a lot of instances with making this, uh, with adding a lot of tension and suspension and and elevated um, elevated. Too many synonyms. Tension and suspension to this movie, uh, which, and I, I haven't seen the original Halloween in quite some time, but none of the sequels really have that, in my opinion. So, on that level, you know, there's definitely plenty of, of strong direction going on throughout the film. Uh, I mentioned, you know, the three main the main le- leading ladies, uh, Curtis Greer and Matichik. They are all very good in the film. Uh, they all uh, are, you know, they, Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, most people's original scream queen, uh, if you will, is perfectly good. Perfectly, perfectly good. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think. Uh, as far as horror goes, it's a solid, solid horror movie. It's got some some twists to it. There's some directions that the film almost goes or tries to go in uh, or leads you toward that I really wasn't on board with. Uh, I thought it made some pretty silly decisions that it at least you know kind of doubled back on eventually, but felt felt very odd to me and without any build up. I also think that, like a lot of horror movies, the characters make really stupid decisions. Uh, and that's, you know, that's that's kind of a hallmark of horror movies. But 
when you present your character as having waited 40 years for Michael Myers to return just so she could kill him, uh, how does she not... How is how how does she make so many dumb mistakes in her, uh, you know, war path to to killing him? I, I just some of that just didn't didn't really make sense to me. Uh, but all in all, all in all, Halloween, Halloween. I I I couldn't justify. Uh, you know, definitely too many negatives for me to give it a, a positive score. Too many, you know, enough positives to to keep it out of out of a negative score. So it ends up falling in the fifty range and is uh, actually dead middle, uh, fifty out of a hundred. So, like I said, it's it's not good. It's not bad. It's you know, it has those both elements and it. Uh, it's just fine, you know. It's just fine. It has an eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't see that. I don't. I don't see how that gets there. But hey, you know, if you if you like horror, if you enjoyed the first Halloween, I'm sure there's plenty to enjoy in this one. The score, uh, once again, coming from John Carpenter, uh, was very good. You know, it, it does feel a little at times like just kind of reusing the old score, but it is a lot. A lot more subtle uh, and a lot more finessed than I think a lot of the sequels used it as, and that was very appreciative. You know, it's not overbearing, it's not blaring in your ears that you know, oh hey, Michael Myers about to kill somebody. Q score. Uh, no, it, it was much much more subtle, and and I really think he, he being John Carpenter is very skilled at at orchestrating and, and uh, adding to the atmosphere of a horror movie. He, he really does understand that very well, and it shows. It really does show in the score. So, like I said, uh, I gave Halloween a 50. Pretty even. Um, as far as other films from this year that it falls in line with, uh, that includes the documentary Andre the Giant. Very, very strikingly different subject matter. Um, the animated film, The Death of Superman, so, great company, you know, films, not good, not bad, uh, just right, right there in the middle, and that's it, you know, I, I could do some spoilers, but I, I think that would mostly just be me kind of criticizing the decisions that characters have made throughout the film, and, uh, or, or just talking about who dies and who doesn't. And those are things you should just watch the movie in and find out. But, you know, apparently most people have seen it by this point. Um, but, uh, you know, with the score that I give it, it's not something I recommend. But I wouldn't say don't see it if you have the interest to. I think there are things to get out of it. You know, it's not a super long movie. It does have some, some good direction, sounds good, looks good. And you get, you know, a bass old Jamie Lee Curtis. And uh, who doesn't appreciate that? So, that's Halloween. And uh, that's that's today's episode. So, uh, thank you so much for listening to this. I uh, really do appreciate it. And now, uh, the outro, courtesy of Meg 
Berquist. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to listen to more episodes, you can find this podcast at circleoffilm.com or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. If you'd like to follow Ryan on Twitter, you can find him at Circle of Film or contact him through email at circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash circleoffilm for as little as eight cents an episode. Thank you again for listening and have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. In the name of love, one night in the name of love. So long, farewell, oh, I'll be the same. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.